Welcome to the Token Security Podcast. Thanks for listening. I'm Justin McCarthy from StrongDM. And I'm Max Allenstahl from Google. And we're hair. We're hair. We do have a lot of hair. Our hair helps product teams ship more skin. <laughs> And we are joined today by Peter Tormey from SoFi. Thanks for joining us today, Peter. Thanks for having me. Peter, uh, I believe you lead data operations over at SoFi. So your day-to-day deals with uh, uh, actually pretty, sounds like pretty sensitive information because of course SoFi is a, is a financial institution, right? Yes. Um, yeah, we, we store all kinds of good, fun, uh, sensitive information and uh, have, to, have to make sure we've got it secured um, in the best possible way. So today's topic is application secrets. And Peter, uh, could you start us out? What is a secret? <laughs> um, yeah, a secret is anything uh, for me that the, the general public probably doesn't need, um, including your, your general uh, audience inside your organization. Um, so could, so is this like, uh, could, could this be, are you talking about like last quarter's financial results or... Or next um, quarter's financial results, because I really want those. <laughs> right. <laughs> no, and I, I think that would just lie uh, mostly under like PII and Sarbanes, <laughs> uh, Oxley, Socks, that type of stuff. Um, no, application secrets are, are anything anything that your application requires to connect to other services or data stores. Um, you know, obviously, uh, passwords and private keys, things like that, are secrets. Um, depending on your your risk tolerance and, and how you view security. Um, you can even go down the road of, of saying that IP addresses and ports could also be secrets. Um, you know, we, we don't want to just publish those out um, out on the internet for the general public. Um, so yeah, it, secrets could be, you know, it, it could be a very broad um, definition. So you, you have your, your things that you definitely consider secrets, passwords and encryption keys, things like that. Um, you know, but depending um, on what your your personal uh, how you personally view it, I guess um, it could be a lot of different things. Okay, but the uh, so things that your application needs to run that you'd rather not be tweeted out. Yes, <laughs> as a broad definition, yes. <laughs> yeah, important pieces of information that gate access to critical data, and that data should be kept confidential. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, if, if you don't want it on Twitter, it might be a secret. So, Peter, it sounds like uh, you've been at SoFi since the early days, and you know, thinking back to when when that team was that that lean and overworked team, um, but when it, but when you still had a pretty high uh, standard of security to maintain, um, really, if you if you had some advice for another team that was in a similar situation, what would be the the first thing you would encourage them to do um, with respect to secrets? So, what's what's the quick uh, crawl? Walk, run for introducing secrets management. Um, yeah, so the the first thing I would do is, is try and find a way um, that, that your your applications aren't grabbing and, and storing secrets in plain text. Um, don't. I, I guess what I would what I would say is don't hard code your secrets into your application. That that would be the first step. Let's let's not hard code. Uh, secrets. Um, at a minimum, use some type of config management, right? Chef, Ansible, something like that. Um, that's 
that, that's the, the best thing to do, uh, you know, right, right from the start. Um, if you're already at that point and, and you're already using some type of configuration tool um, and, and you're storing your, your secrets in that configuration tool and able to pass your secrets to your applications, um, you're, you're doing good. Um, but the, the next thing I would say is how can you encrypt those? Um, you know, having your, your secrets in config management is, is a good step. Um, but even if you can encrypt your, your secrets, uh, you're in a much better position. If, if your config uh, file gets leaked or accidentally posted somewhere, um, you know, in Slack or, or GitHub or something like that, um, is it in plain text? You know, that, that doesn't do you much good. So can you encrypt it? Um, then, then third, if you've got it encrypted, how can you, uh, how can you prevent anybody from accessing even the encrypted secrets uh, without some type of authentication, whether that be uh, tokenized authentication uh, for an application, um, multi-factor authentication for humans, uh, you know, for people, employees, things of that nature. Um, but how, how do you limit access to that secret, to just those people and processes that need it? Um, that, that's kind of how I would uh, approach it, I guess, um, from a, a crawl, <laughs> you know, walk crawl, walk, run type of uh, approach. And then in terms of when you were actually contemplating your options for your secret management, um, uh, just what, what were some of the key inputs to selecting you know, the, the products you're currently using versus, uh, versus you know, rolling, rolling your own or, or using an alternative? <laughs> right. Um, yes, yeah, so we're, we're extremely agile. <laughs> and so as part of that, um, that, that agile methodology, um, Ours was kind of a trial and error. So we, we literally, um, I remember in a single day, we decided to switch from Chef to Ansible. Uh, that same day we, we spun up Ansible. Uh, we got that working. Didn't like it, tore it down <laughs> on the same day. And uh, we, we just literally iterated through different uh, config management secret, uh, okay. uh, secret tools until we landed on Vault. We liked the way it worked. Um, it took us two or three days to, to figure it out, um, to figure out which one we liked. Um, but we were just extremely agile, spun them all up and tore them all down until we found what we liked. Okay, so, so, no, so no, no, big, no big proposal process. You, uh, you tried it on and the shoe fit. Yeah, as anybody knows that's, that's been a part of a, a startup like that, there's, there's no RFPs, there's no proposals, there's no committees, um, there's nothing like that. That's great. So get the job done and, and figure out what works. <laughs> It seems like you've gotten to a place where you feel really comfortable with how you're storing these keys, these secrets, and, and protecting data of all of your um, your users. What about combating an insider threat and the ability of one of those operators who has access to a lot of secrets to do something bad with them? So the, the nice thing is we, we don't have to have a lot of people that have access. Um, there's a very core group of DevOps people that have access to that information. Um, outside of that, a lot of our developers um, and other people that need the secrets, um, they simply get the, the path for those secrets uh, and where they're stored. And they never actually have any, any direct access to any of the secrets. Um, so from that standpoint, um, it's, it's not a huge concern. Um, the core group of people, if, if we did have somebody that wanted uh, to do something malicious, um, Becomes a little bit harder if they, they act quick enough. Um, but one of the nice things with, with Vault that we really like 
um, is as soon as we're aware of an issue, uh, we can lock the vault. So our, our vault has the ability to be completely shut down. Um, no, no ingress, no egress, no nothing. Um, it is, as the name implies, <laughs> a locked vault. Um, you cannot get into it or out of it. Um, at that point, um, we have it set up so that it takes some number of people to reopen the vault, um, each with individual tokens and keys to do that. Um, so if we did have a, a person, a, a bad actor, um, it would be very, as soon as we're aware, within seconds or minutes, that vault can be locked down. Um, now it does prevent us from creating application services and things like that from, from accessing those secrets. Um, but the way we've architected our, our applications is that once they have their secrets, unless they are redeployed or something of that nature, um, they have those, those secrets. So we don't have to, we don't have to worry about the applications themselves falling over. Um, so, so yeah, we can lock down the vault and then take any other, um, measures we need as far as rewriting secrets and keys and that type of stuff after the fact. And when you're thinking about that, what do you, what to you is the most important data that you need to protect that you and your team are operating and deploying each day? Um, well, the, the data itself, uh, like I said, uh, SoFi is a financial institution, so you have a lot of very sensitive financial information um, that needs to be protected. Um, but also the applications that connect to any of our, any of our uh, data stores, um, obviously, they're connecting with user accounts, um, passwords, uh, tokens, things of that nature, and uh, we want to make sure that those aren't compromised either. Otherwise, Justin loses his mortgage, and then we're all sad. That's right. <laughs> I, I, I am a uh, I am a happy SoFi customer. Thank, thank you for lending me uh, all that money. So, what do you what do you look for as as you're approaching this problem in a large scale, right across all of the different kinds of secrets and keys? Uh, what are you looking to do as you organize all that? Well, from my standpoint, um, um, I, I deal a lot with our data stores, um, and, and part of that, um, dealing with those data stores, is encrypting that data. Um, we, we use a lot of different uh, technologies to encrypt that data, but at, at some point, you ultimately have to uh, store your encryption keys. Um, uh, you know, when you, when you store those, you, you need to store them, obviously, in a secure manner. Um, not just in some text file somewhere or in some config file necessarily. Uh, so we, we use a lot of uh, HashiCorp products, um, Vault, HashiCorp Vault, and uh, Console KV for that. Um, that. That allows us very secure access to the secrets that we need for our applications, uh, passwords and things of that nature. Um, it allows easy use for it as well. So one thing I know that often comes up with uh, with secret management is the concept of, uh, I think HashiCorp calls it a uh, secret induction, but the idea of bootstrapping. So in other words, how do the machines that are privileged to access the secrets, um, how do they get those privileges? Um, so there, there are a lot of different ways to do it, but you always need to do it carefully. <laughs> um, um, so can, can you share a bit about um, how, how do you begin that bootstrapping process? Yeah, so our, our applications, um, they, they all use ENV console. Um, so the applications will restore the console path, uh, to where their particular secret is stored. And then they're given a token and that token gives an application access to one or more different, uh, paths within Vault. Um, so this does a couple of things for us. Um, A, if, if any particular application, um, or token is compromised, 
the, the secrets that might be able to be accessed are limited to just what that application has. Um, and then secondly, it, it prevents applications from accessing other data stores or other um, applications that they may not uh, necessarily need to be accessing. Um, so yeah, all of our applications, uh, they'll, they'll use ENV console. Um, they'll work with uh, data ops and DevOps, and in their application, they'll, they'll be given the, the path to, to their secret or secrets that they need. Uh, so then it's spin up uh, when the application comes up. Um, the, the call from ENV console uses the token um, that, that has been granted for Vault. Um, we'll grab that secret and typically uh, uh, store that as, as an ENV variable um, within the application. And from there, it has access to, uh, to the information that it needs. Why do you think storing with the config manager is less safe or less operationally sound? Uh, for us, for starters, uh, the config management isn't necessarily, um, the, the secrets aren't exactly um, Secret? encrypted. <laughs> they're all in plain text, um, which isn't great. Um, so our, our particular uh, uh, setup with, with Vault is that everything is um, base64 encoded and then encrypted at rest as well. So we have a, we have a little bit of uh, extra security around um, that. And then as well, uh, the config management. Uh, you, you have the possibility that different applications can get a hold of different parts of your config and, and potentially grab secrets that they don't need to have. Um, so using Vault to, to store those secrets makes that a lot less likely and a lot harder for them to do. I guess we, we have had uh, some applications become very chatty and there, there's a lot of uh, talk over the wire that ultimately would cause etcd to have some issues, um, <laughs> basically coming close to DDoSing ourselves. <laughs> but um, other than other than that, um, you know, we, we had to do a little bit of work to to get our etcd configuration uh, correct, um, make sure we have the right number of nodes and you know etcd high availability basically. Um, but once that was worked out, there really wasn't a whole lot of issue. There's no there's no latency for it. Um, you know no no appreciable latency to it. Um, we we pass in the token to Vault and and Vault reads us back our secret and we're up and going. When you're thinking about how your team operates, you're able to automate a lot, clearly, and you've made a pretty efficient process with Vault and with console. What are your teams still doing that you wish they didn't have to do manually? When we spin up a new data store, that data store obviously needs to have users and passwords created for the applications. Um, we, we still have to manually set those. Um, we have no way currently, or at least not that we've automated, um, no way to just set a password, say, in Vault, and then have the data store itself spin up, reach out to Vault, and set its own um, passwords and secrets. So we still have to manually go in um, you know, to a, a database, for instance, um, and say, hey, you know, create this user um, for this application and set this password to what we've set it as in Vault. Um, we do use, uh, we use console templating a lot um, for different things. Um, so it, it is possible that in the, in the future, uh, we could actually use console templating um, when writing out uh, database configs and things like that to potentially have that reach out to Vault and, and grab the secrets that it needs and write the, the data store configs from that. Uh, we're just, we're not there. You see companies and organizations almost on a, on a weekly or monthly basis that 
they've been hacked and data's been leaked, um, you know, that type of stuff. There's a lot of different things you can do to mitigate that, but storing application secrets or, um, you know, GPG keys, that type of stuff, storing those in plain text and configs, to me, you're kind of just asking for trouble. <laughs> you know, so why, why store them in, in plain text if you don't have to? Uh, they're great. There are great tools out there that they'll store them, you know, for you. They'll, they'll encrypt them. Um, you know, that type of stuff, uh, make it much harder to get at those secrets versus just some, some GitHub repo out there that, you know, even if it's private, uh, private GitHub repo, um, where you've got config management stuff and, you know, that type of deal. Um, I, I've seen too often people even in, in Slack channels and stuff like that accidentally post config management, um, you know, their, their config docs and there's all their secrets. Um, <laughs> you know, so. I've seen it happen at previous companies I've worked for. Um, people just accidentally saying, oh, you need this information here. Here's the config file. And, oh, crap, there's all my secrets, too. Um, <laughs> you know, so uh, this just helps alleviate a lot of that. We, we just don't need that. Um, we, we don't need to store them in plain text anywhere. Um, it's just not needed. So um, even within... Uh, you know, we, we're heavily uh, in, into Kubernetes and, and Docker and, and all of that as well. Um, so even within our Docker containers and, and Kubernetes manifests, uh, we just reference Vault. We never have to actually store any of the secrets. We, we reference Vault, and we're good to go. For people listening along who are thinking, all right, these are good security practices, and I, I know what to do, and I'm, I'm on track. What's the next thing? What's the, the extra piece of their checklist that you want to make sure they include? And so far, we take uh, the Onion approach, right? So... Security is all about onions. It's, it's layers. It makes me cry. Yes. <laughs> and, and putting as many layers um, as you can uh, around your infrastructure and around your data. Um, but the, the one layer that seems to get people in the most trouble is, is their user uh, security. So I would say definitely uh, you know, that, that is something to, to take a look at um, you know, in that regard and, and how your users handle uh, workspace security and, and things of that and, nature. And when you say user security here, you're talking about your employees, right? The people who yes. have access to those secrets, not the clients, the customers of your services, but the internal right. user base that if they their accounts were compromised, could let some of those secrets or some of that raw data leak out or be exfiltrated badly. Correct. Yeah, absolutely. You're, you're absolutely right. Um, yeah, you're, you're going to have people in your organization that have access to that sensitive information, to the tokens, to your vault or whatever your secret store is um, and, and to your passwords um, and keeping that side of it secure. Um, everything we do here at SoFi requires uh, multi-factor authentication. Um, we can't get onto uh, our, our network without multi-factor authentication. You cannot get onto, um, you can't get to the, the vault without multi-factor authentication. Um, you know, so, so things like that, keeping it secure from, the human side. Um, computers are pretty good at, at being secure. Humans, not so much. <laughs> we're we're kind of bad at it. <laughs> so everything you can do to, to help protect those, those secrets and keys from, from the human element um, is really good. Awesome. Thank you. Thanks very much for joining us today and talking about security and SoFi and secrets. I really appreciate it. No problem. Thanks for having me.